it's like, what are they going to? Or my favorite was when I was younger, I was told I was an assistant until a chair opened up. Yeah. That's a big So you're one. waiting for someone to die? Like, <laughs> what's the plan? Like, I don't get it. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Hey everyone, have you heard of Card Shears? As a cutting specialist, they're now the only shears that I use. Their patent-pending zero-gravity tension system makes cutting easy and effortless. Card Slide technology creates zero drag in the hair, which makes my job a hundred times easier. Card has shears for wet and dry cutting, and shears for all of our lovely lefties. Besides making amazing shears, they provide their clients with supreme white glove service for shear maintenance and repair. Tap the link in our episode description to unlock a permanent 20% off all of your Karg shear purchases. David, let's talk about the sexiest topic in our industry today. What's that? Business insurance, which is why we have teamed up with Guild, spelled G-I-L-D. Guild Insurance has streamlined the business insurance process by evaluating multiple insurance providers. They find you the partner that you deserve in just minutes. We partnered with Guild because they are shaking up the insurance industry as much as we are shaking up the beauty industry. Guild offers business guidance and resources even after you're fully insured. They're making insurance inclusive and personalized. To learn more about Guild and your business insurance options, visit your Guild. Are you still having constant conversations around color waste with your team? Have more proactive conversations with real numbers that can help create less waste. SalonScale Software is a pro stylist app that gets your team educated on the real costs of doing business. SalonScale is a great solution for wasting less color and making more profit. Tap the link in the episode description to see why thousands have joined the Salon Scale movement. Use code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off. How many times I have probably said, are we recording? Like, they're like, does she not know? No, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just sitting in this room not knowing. Okay. I want to tell a story (laughs) about my wife who, after... 10 plus years as a chiropractor, decided to go back to med school. And now she is working in the hospitals. (laughs) And she tells me these horror stories about they're in cycles of students. So, like, the students that were there six weeks prior to them that have six more weeks of training are complete dickwads to them, the new students that are coming in, and treat them like garbage, even though they've only been in this course six weeks longer— just out of the sheer fact of, oh, it's your turn to be abused. Okay. First of all, I have a lot of theories about doctors. <laughs> this is not going to be a podcast about the medical industry. <laughs> but, but, my ear, but this is my point. First of all, I think they get paid too much. But I also think their schooling is astronomically expensive, mm-hmm. which isn't – it's all messed up. Mm-hmm. And then you want people who take care of people, and then you treat them like shit, and you want them to take care of people. I, it's and just then you not, mentally fuck them. Yeah, you fuck them Just up. to fuck with them. And, and then, then you want them to go. Then you want them to go heal people. Yeah, like after that they're transition, like mentally destroyed. Yeah, and it's a wellness health journey, but we're going to completely demolish their mental health. Before Destroy they the medical field. We'll do another. We'll get. We'll get my wife on it. To I'm do like, I'm not get, like I don't get it. Well, it got me thinking about our industry <laughs> and how shitty. I remember you had to pay your dues. You had to be an assistant and be an assistant for two years. Two years Plus, after you just after you just paid to go to school where you were 
legitimately working on clients. Yeah. And now full time. Full time. And now, or part time, you worked full time, then you mm-hmm. went to school at night, which is a whole other okay. And then you work as an assistant for two years and make minimum wage mm-hmm. for two years. I don't know anyone who can work on minimum wage for two years unless you're very young and live at home. Like I don't see any other opportunity. And then you are expected to grow, but they don't want you to grow too fast. Oh, because they need you didn't help. Pay your dues. Oh, that too. The vicious cycle is that I've seen this to a lot of salons, and we've actually coached salon owners of like, why do you have an assistant if you have no plan for them? You have no extra chair, you have no room for them. Well, we need help. You need help because you're double booking yourself versus charging your worth. Raise your freaking prices. Stop yeah, double there, booking. It's a whole cycle of nonsense. And give this person a job. Like, <laughs> and that's they end up leaving. Because there's, they've been an assistant for two plus years, hoping that they can work for this person because they've already committed. It's like a relationship that you've already invested so much time in. And then they end up leaving and you have to find another assistant to do this horrible thing again too as well. And assistants and apprentices are two different things. We talk about it all the time. Do you want to explain that? <sighs> okay, let's not confuse growing in your career with paying your dues. Mm-hmm. There are people that should assist. There are people that need a longer time or a shorter time. But the paying your dues part is the red tape and the, like, nonsensical. It's really kind of discriminatory. Just mm-hmm. like, well, you're young, so you're going to do this. I remember I was told when I was 22, 23, I asked for a raise. I was a educator at a school. I wasn't at a salon. And I asked for a raise, and they said that they were shocked because— they said that I made good money for my age. They didn't understand why I would ask for more. <laughs> because we're in that, a different time. <laughs> but also that— And inflation. <laughs> that's the paying your dues part. All these people in the room were wondering why someone young would ask for maybe more than what the people that are older in the room were asking for. And what we're saying is that paying your dues is like, you know, oh, the audacity of that person to ask for something that I didn't get myself, which— mm-hmm. That's where I think paying your dues comes from is I didn't get that. I had to do this. And so now you have to do this. Yeah. And it's all made up. It, well, it's it goes back beneficial. to the different generations of like a lot of the millennials dealt with this when they really started critically thinking and trying to created shorter pathways to get success faster. Granted, we did have technology. We to also help. have to. Yeah, but we also have to. Life is faster. Exactly. And so a lot of the older generation was like, no, you can't make that much money. You can't do these things. And I feel like we see so much of that in our our industry now. And that's the harmful part is like, yes, again, like you said, some people need more time out of school, but we can't put everyone in a box. We have to have a program that it, there is a growth option at the end of it. And a lot of salons are just like, you're assistant until we decide that you're not anymore. Like, and it's like, what are they going to? Or my favorite was when I was younger, I was told I was an assistant until a chair opened up. Yeah. That's a big So you're one. waiting for someone to die? Like, <laughs> what's the plan? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And it was like, I remember I worked at the salon in Florida. I worked there for maybe a couple months before I knew, like, you know, when you, you get a job at a salon and like, your whole body is like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. Even when you're in the interview, but you're like, yeah, maybe it'll be okay. Or it's a really nice location. Or So I worked at this really high-end salon for a couple months. There were only like five chairs inside. And there were five assistants. And we would all have to stand in the back. Like, <laughs> it's a small space. Mm-hmm. So like, 
they didn't want the assistants on the floor unless they were asked. So we would just stand in the back and wait till we were called. And I remember like, this is what, we would just stand back there and wait. There was a woman that was working there. I was probably 19 at the time. This woman must have been in her 30s at that time. And I was like, looking at her like, well, if she's still fucking here, <laughs> then how am I going to get on the You're floor? Like, have you, and I go, how you long, here? I go, how long have you been an assistant? She goes, five years. She goes, but they paid us well. I mean, they paid us like $20 an hour. It was like a lot. Yeah, but it's not always fulfilling for your career. No. And that's what she said. She was like, you know, like they gave me a chair and then I was like, I make such good money and I have bills to pay. And I'm just like, okay, I got to get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. Like there was no, there was no plan for growth for anyone. And it was like, there are five chairs and there are five assistants. Yeah. What are you going to do with everyone? We are thrilled to announce our partnership with Salon Interactive. Finally, a company that is helping put the power of retailing back into the hands of salon owners and hairdressers. No more stocking retail shelves with thousands of dollars worth of product that are just collecting dust. Salon Interactive allows you to sell entirely online directly to your clients. And the best part is you get to take home a large commission. We know that the world of e-commerce can be scary and confusing, and that's why we love Salon Interactive. It's a free tool that allows you to sell the professional products you want from the brands that you love without having to spend a dime. Visit saloninteractive.com DTH to get started. Let me ask you a question. What's your favorite booking software? I'm glad you asked. Gloss Genius. Have you ever heard of them? Yes. I love them. You and I both know that marketing is very important, but also very hard to do. Gloss Genius has made it easy with text and email marketing directly to your clients. We are excited to share with our DTH listeners. You'll get the first month free on us, as well as your very own stunning credit card reader. Usually $80. To sign up, head to the App Store and download Gloss Genius and enter the code DESTROY. See you there. Everyone shouldn't get a chair. Like, if you actually looked at your salon and how many hours a day you're open and look at how many hours of those chairs are actually filled, like, you are going to see a lot of space where those chairs are not getting used that you could have someone working in. And you probably all could have worked in a chair without sharing it. But you couldn't work in that chair because that was Tiffany's chair. And, you know, like, Tiffany only works one day a week, but you can't use that (laughs) the other six, you know? Fucking Tiffany. (laughs) And then Tiffany gets mad if you even look at her station. I know. Yeah. Don't touch my stuff. Tiffany. <laughs> We've all worked with a Tiffany. I'm, Pay I, your dues. <laughs> I also remember, like, everything was about a hierarchy of, like, who was, who's was who been there the longest. Yeah. And I got to be honest, as a business owner, I don't care if you've been with me for one day or 20 years. If you're bad at your job, there's no seniority. Here's the issue. There should not be seniority. With the comparing things off of paid dues and time. This is the issue. Let's say I graduated, well, I did graduate hair school over 10 years ago. Kids that are coming out of school now are- It hurt to say. It did. (laughs) I like choked a little. Uh, Kids that are coming out of school now are on such a different level than I was coming out of school. And sometimes they are coming out of school to the equivalent of where I was- five or six years into my career. Yeah, the education so, they're getting. Exactly. Even though education still sucks in school. It still needs a lot of help. They are, they're a hundred times better than how I was. In so school. my point is like, let's say you're looking at a salon and this one person has been there out of school for 10 years, but they've taken maybe five or six classes since they've been out to elevate their talent. And now these kids are coming out and cutting their time in half in the sense of that long-term person that's been there for 10 years. Like these people are up to their level. 
yet they're getting more seniority, it should be compared on what the the people can produce. We are right. producers. So if someone can produce, I don't care if they're fresh out of hair school, if they can produce $200, $300 an hour work. Why, why are, are we, we holding them back? Yeah, why are we holding them back? If they can sustain a clientele, if they can do that, it's like, why are we holding back talent in, in the sense? like If I had a cosmetology school and I was training people, the goal for me as an educator would be everyone that graduates should start charging $100 an hour once they get out of school. That should be like the minimum. And I said this last night in a class with our Future Proof students and their teams. And there were people that have been, there are people on the team that have been doing hair for 20 years. And they're like, they're not even charging $100 an hour. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, people out of school, where we are in today's world with the talent that people have. The, and I'm, I know that everyone's like, YouTube is not a place for education. Yes, it is. The entire internet is a place for education. I don't care how you watch long. watch haircuts on Instagram and then go implement them. Yeah. People are watching how to remodel their fucking homes on Instagram mm-hmm. and then try to do it. Not not always successfully. There's shows about that <laughs> now. But that's what that's what the internet has done for us is we're in an information age. There's no gatekeeping mm-hmm. anymore. And so kids are coming out of school. Yes, maybe the education it was shitty and they didn't get a lot. But they also have been exposed to so much more education just by being online that they have – some knowledge of what it's like in the real world. And the other thing is like, you know, building your business at $100 an hour or building your business at $50 an hour, it's the same. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. There's this mentality that I'm going to start charging less and I'm going to work my way up based on what? Yeah. If you can perform at $100 an hour, why are we stopping it? What client's going to be like? I do think there's a difference in the sense of, and again, when we say this, like everyone coming out and being at $100 an hour, it's because they can hold that price point with the clientele and what they've learned and be able to produce it. I think people get that confused that we're telling people to come out who can barely cut hair to charge that much. Obviously not. Like you have to be able to sustain that price point. But my point, our point is that well, people aren't letting them. Not letting them and hairdressers don't think they can. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we're not a technical education company. So yeah. that's not a part that we're— If you can't technically sustain a $100 an hour price point, then no, you need to not if be you aren't good at your job, that's yeah, not part ex- of this conversation. Exactly. <laughs> but there are so many people that can. They are coming out and bypassing people that have been in this industry 10, 12, 15, 20 years. Why are we holding them back just because of their age or their amount of time in the industry? And I think it's like that's salon- the issue. It's like the salons that they're like— the owners don't want them charging more than the owner. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the goal. Yeah. Like, let your team charge more than you. Why are you still working? That's how you <laughs> make your business makes more money. And, you know, I just want to make a point, too, for everyone that's listening and getting riled up because they have an assistant program. You can have a program to educate new hires to integrate them into your business culture. You can make sure that there is a level of expectation of, like, having them, like, we are going to do these haircuts or these color techniques Mondays for the next eight weeks to make sure that you are at the quality that we need you at this space. training and education is not paying your dues. 
gatekeeping. Gatekeeping and making someone work without an expectation in their journey. It's one thing to hire someone and be like, you are going to go through an eight-week journey. If you are able to achieve that and we feel like you're technically capable, we're going to move you into a junior position. I hate those names, but just for the sake of this conversation. Well, forget about junior position. We see that you can do cutting. Mm -hmm. We're going to let you do cutting. But we also we're not gonna let you do color yet. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah like l- we're but, still gonna go through more education on that. So you can start taking clients that do this. So you can make money, real money, and the business can make money. And we're gonna work on these other things. But once our theory is that anything over six months, that person probably shouldn't work at your salon. Mm-mm. They need to start at a salon where they can make mistakes. Absolutely. So anything more than six months without a plan doesn't work. No, I mean, you're actually hurting their education by making them stay there. You're also wasting your money as a business owner. Yeah. You're paying hourly to them. If you're not paying your assistants or apprentices or whatever. A decent living wage. Yeah, if you're not paying them, you know, I'm a fan of minimum wage because minimum wage for a short period of time is okay. Mm -hmm. But if you're paying them minimum wage and having them do that for two years is, that's abusive. Especially when hair school costs a lot of fucking money to go to. Yeah. And, you know, we can get into debt of America, but, <laughs> you know, like, even in the inflation in the beauty industry, I don't understand how minimum wage can be livable. And I think if you're a salon owner, you really have to think about that. Not for two years, it's not? Absolutely not. Like, any, you know, people will, again, okay, I can make this for three months, but after that, you need to let me have an opportunity to financially provide for myself. That's why people go into hair school and invest all that money and take that risk is so they can make six figures. They want to make six figures. That's like, I'm going to go to college so that I can create a business and do this. I'm going to go to this technical school so I can make money. So we're, again, stopping people from the ability to make money when they've invested in a career to make money. And if you're a salon owner and you are sitting there training all of these people for so long and then they leave, then you get mad, that's on you. Because mm-hmm. you took, I'd leave too. Yeah, or like I have, I there was someone in a class that we just taught, and they said, and by the way, this is not just the only person. Many people tell us this that, we, yeah, our program is two years, and all of our stylists are amazing. And I said, but that stylist might leave, and then what did you get for the two years that you put in mm-hmm. to them? Besides the fact that you're mad that they left, and now there's this resentment and all that garbage that comes along with that. And it makes people stop and think like, oh, like. Why wouldn't you let them work, make their own money, you profit as well, and it's a win-win situation. Right. Let us introduce you to one of our favorite product companies, Reverie. Reverie is hair care for all humans, no matter your hair type. Their clean and innovative formulas nurture the integrity of your hair for unrivaled results. Reverie is made intentionally in California. Their mindfully sourced vegan ingredients and environmentally friendly packaging showcases their commitment to creating alchemy in a bottle. Reverie was created in 2011 by Garrett Markinson and continues to be a family-owned and operated business to this day. Tap the link in the episode description to get connected with our friends over at Reverie. It, it cracks me up when, like, again, these hairstylists are coming out of school doing full-time hair. I mean, full-time hair. They're doing hair all day long. Then they come into a salon and they're and like— And they stop. Yeah, they stop. <laughs> and it's like, why couldn't we let them do hair, like, at a lower price point? You know, if they're bringing in $500 in services for the day and you're spending $300 in minimum wage on them for the day, why—or for the week, you know what I mean? Like, you've made money. What and I'm they've not, made money. What <laughs> I'm not getting is the whole model thing. It's my least favorite thing in Oh, yeah, industry. that's a whole different thing. 
salon owners will use find a model as a way. It's lazy. To get, and then they'll blame the stylist like, how are they going to build if they can't find a model? Have you gone out and tried to find Mm -hmm. a model? Like, it's not easy. Mm -mm. And also, it is not how the world works. Like, I think that's such a gaslighting thing to do. Well, also, not everybody, um, you want to ask these stylists, like, would you go be someone's model? No, because they're new. Not everybody wants to be a guinea pig. Right. I am a big fan of, if salons want to require models, the salon needs to have a list of models to choose from. Mm Mm-hmm. That have actively signed up to yeah. participate. Not like, oh, Susan, Not, do you want to be a model next week? It's always like, it was it was always like a family member for me. <laughs> yeah, well, who and else? And then, you know, then I couldn't do the styles I wanted to on the family member, so I had to do things that, like, I didn't want to specialize in to accommodate to the model, which was a family member, you know? And then the salon would be like... Yeah, it's a whole fucking mess. Just stop <laughs> requiring models. It's And it is a paying your dues thing, and it's like... Yeah, you could have a model sign up in your community. First off, that could help a lot of the lower income community who do need haircuts, who right. w- want to participate, to want to help. Like, and it also even outside the lower income community, it could just people that just want to help hairstylists learn and grow. And there's a lot of people that are like, "Yeah, jack it up, I don't care," you know. Mm-hmm. But if you give like a an opportunity for people in the community to help a business, that's a different. That's a whole different conversation. Now, I can feel the salon owners listening, kind of like cringing at mm-hmm. all the things we're saying. But again, you're probably think when we're talking, you're thinking of a certain person, someone you've worked with, someone that works for you currently, an assistant that you have, or the programs that you do. And the goal here, again, is we're, I don't know if you've noticed, we haven't given you a template of what to do. Mm-hmm. We're saying revisit what you're doing and look at how much of it is kind of just made up. Like, I've worked with so many... What's the why behind your policy? Yeah. Someone else did that to you? I've worked with so many salons that are like, yeah, our program's a year long. I'm like, why? They go, oh, I just thought it should be, or... Or the salon I worked at 10 years ago did that? Mine was. Yeah, like, there's no real reason. And to me, that's not a critical thing. That's not... You didn't use any critical thinking to set up that part of your business. And that's the result, is... It turns into like gatekeeping, red tape, all this like arbitrary, like nonsense that just doesn't need to be there. The world is moving so fast. If you are still basing your business practices off of something from 10 years ago, five years ago, you are outdated. I promise you that. Every year we sit down and have a meeting before the new year starts and revisit kind of like. I feel like it's happening every six months. I know. What? Do we like this? How do we change this? What could we do better? How do we want to add new things into it? And our team is ready for that, too. Like, we we have set our team up to know and expect change, to embrace change, and to not be fearful of it because we have to move as quick as our industry is. And so they have to be on board, too. And it's not slowing down. You have to get comfortable with making changes. And I think that's where companies like ours— and other coaching companies out there, but companies like DTH, people call us disruptive. I just think we're we're kind of. I feel like we're behind everyone, like pushing them forward, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Stop pushing me!" And it's I'm like, like, "Get in the water. It's not that deep." Yeah. <laughs> they're like, "Sid, I'm gonna drown." It's I'm cold. like, "It's up to your ankles. You'll be okay. Exactly. Get in." <laughs> it's like that meme of that little girl who's like freaking out, or is it a little boy? I don't know. And then he like holds on to something, and then he stands up. Yeah. <laughs> He's fine. Like that's oh, it's not that bad. That's literally that's the industry. 
If you want to know what our coaching light is like, that's exactly <laughs> the great description of it. Stop making people pay their dues. They're paying them. You don't have to. You don't have to add more. Everyone's paying their dues in life. Life is hard. Everyone's struggling. It doesn't matter what the struggle is. Everyone's going through something. You don't need to add to that with arbitrary dues. No more dues. No more dues, dudes. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. We were like, people are going to own a salon in the metaverse metaverse. where avatars can go and get a service by someone who is creating digital hairstyles and selling them. And I have no doubt, I quote our words now, I have no doubt within the next couple years, I mean, think of NFTs, like people are already doing it. They're already creating digital things to sell. 